You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz Studios, live in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Chatting with Kathy. Hello, everyone. Bing is for doing, and today we are doing another episode of Chatting with Kathy. I'm your host, Kathy Kelly, and I'm so excited to introduce Caitlin Crosby. She is here in studio today, and Caitlin, in addition to your singing songwriting career and your extensive list of acting credits, you also do stuff to give back to the community. You started loveyourflaws.com and The Giving Keys, which I'm so excited to hear about. You also just released your new EP which we are going to hear an acoustic performance from that later today. But thank you so much for coming in, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited to talk about everything. I feel like you are a renaissance woman in that you do everything in the industry. (laughs) Um, So you grew up in L.A., Mm -hmm. one of the few that actually grew up here. We were talking about that before the show. Mm -hmm. Um, So what was it like growing up in the industry. I know your dad is a manager of famous talent and your mom was a former actress and now an agent. Yeah, she yeah, she was a model and actress and then she they my parents met because I think my mom was auditioning for my dad, so it was like extremely yes, I definitely grew up in the part <laughs> of the entertainment industry. So I grew up, you know, going on auditions and working, helping my dad at his management company and watching the girls come in and out and just kind of just saw a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't get to see a lot. So it turned me really off from the entertainment industry, but really? then also it was kind of like the natural thing to do to be in it also because it was all around me. Yeah. Yeah. So which came first, um, acting or singing? Acting. That's my first thing that I started doing. And then I just did like musical theater and stuff like that. And so that was my first time kind of singing. And then I won a contest in high school through Kiss FM and Babyface yeah. and to be in a girl group. So I, I got that and and so I did that for like four years or something. And so that was like my first taste of the music The world. industry, yeah. yeah. So I know you mentioned high school. You yeah. went to Beverly Hills High School yes. for theater, the theater program. Yeah. Um, I know you were in like so many productions. You were in Greece was oh, one yeah. of them as Sandy. Um, so what did you like about theater at that age? Like what drew you to it? Um, I don't even, I don't know. I, I think it was just because everyone was doing it yeah. and I was into acting at the time. But really right now I'm like so burnt out from that world. So yeah. I don't really, I don't remember the theater days of so long ago. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was just like the thing to do, I guess. But I was always on the side going on auditions and working on random little TV shows here and there. So that was the stuff that I that I enjoyed doing at the time. You were doing that while in high school? Yeah, so I would go take time off and go back and forth and stuff like that. Was it ever hard to, like, juggle schoolwork, hanging out with friends, and then auditions? Yeah, it was a weird dynamic. Like, looking back, I think, I I don't know, it's a kind of an unhealthy way to grow up, honestly, I think, because it's like you're so young and you're you're just trying to fit in in school, but then you have, and that's, like, enough peer pressure for people and trying to fit in and, like, blah, 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 but then you have to get all, like, hair and makeup and done up and go into these rooms and, like, 
perform and try to make them like you and then all the rejection because most of the time when you go on auditions you're getting rejected 99% of the time and then every now and then you'll get something yeah for the most part it's rejection so so it's like growing up doing that I don't think it's healthy for anybody I mean I I can imagine I would I know that I was like self-conscious in high school but then in addition to being part of the industry and getting that rejection how did you overcome that well, that's kind of what started um, this website called loveyourflaws.com. So I was doing um, I was doing this movie with the actress Brie Larson, mm-hmm. and um, and she grew up in the entertainment industry as well. So we we were just talking about like insecurities and how how hard it is, and like especially when you see yourself on camera and you're like, oh, my nose is weird. Oh, I have a double chin. And, oh, and it, in oh, LA, yeah. everyone's so quick to point out everything. Yeah. Yeah, so you see all that, everyone's obsessed with it, so it's like, well. So, um, so we decided to start this website called loveyourflaws.com, so I started going around um, the country, and it was m- even for, like, therapy for us doing it, because it wasn't like, oh, we guys, we've overcome this, so we're going to make this website so you guys can get help with this issue. No, it was like, we needed help with it, so, and, and all of our girlfriends were, like, struggling with it, too, so we're like, let's, let's make it a fun, cool, creative products project, so... I went around and was doing, like, music tours and this and that. So start taking literally thousands and thousands of pictures of people holding up signs that said things like, my cellulite is hot. Mm-hmm. My acne is sexy. My scar saved my life. My, you know, my love handles rule or whatever. Yeah. And then and then people started sending us their pictures and then people would write blogs and we would write blogs and videos. Da, 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 da. And then I wrote all these songs about it. So it was just like that was how I kind of dealt with it and kind of like thought that was just kind of making a project and, and then seeing other people write in like yeah. how hard it is for them and how much it helped them that helped but you know it's always a struggle I've gotten you know you know it's not that big of a deal but I think everybody kind of deals with it a little bit anyone who says that they're they don't have any flaws or thinks yeah. that they're perfect like they're lying yeah. to so themselves. it's like fun to point out like I had the biggest pimple of all time last week and it had its own heartbeat it was like <laughs> I was like what what is that? Like, oh my gosh. And so, you know, and instead of being like, it, like embarrassed about it, I took a close up picture of it and posted it on loveyourflaws.com and That's like on awesome. our Love Your Flaws Instagram and Twitter. And I was just like, and I literally quoted, I said, sometimes pimples have heartbeats. <laughs> at Caitlin Crosby, whatever. So I just like some stuff like that, and I love that, like some you know teenage girls are writing back, you know, commenting on it, like, oh my gosh, I had one like that last week. Oh my gosh, thank you for posting uh, that because it makes me feel like yeah, you know, not, not only does it help you, but it also helps other people. Yeah, because they great. see like all the airbrushed images of people like our like Twitter profile picture with like professional hair and makeup done and like airbrushing, and then it's like. Then they're like, oh, I wish I looked like that. But we don't even look like that. People don't realize, and this is something that I didn't realize when I was younger, is that almost every picture coming from Hollywood or New York is airbrushed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Crazy. My friend, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but whatever. (laughs) Um, My friend does airbrushing for Victoria's Secret. Mm -hmm. And she showed me all the before and after pictures, and it made me feel so much better about myself. Oh, I remember in high school, I saw this website that had before and after of, like, famous celebrities. And it was the before pictures. It's like, they're just like us. Yeah, yeah seriously. Like, they all, even the Victoria's Secret models, there was, like, their boobs were, like, way smaller. And then there was, like, a gap <laughs> between the padded bra and their boob. And then they, like, plumped it out and, like, filled it up so it looked like it, you know, filled up the, the bra. And then, like, took some, you know, inches off the waist yeah. and, like 
took lines off their face and, and cellulite bumps or whatever. And then you see it in the magazine and you're just like, how's her body that perfect? Like, I'm fat. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, they're oh, all gorgeous okay. girls, yeah. but they yeah. get pimples too. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's natural. Yeah. Uh, is that a healthy... Do you think that it's healthy for society to, you know, put these images on young girls? No, I think it's horrible. I think, I think all billboards, magazines, all that, I think it's so messed up because it's unattainable. And then all these girls in our generation, women, girls, teenagers, whatever, they think that that's what they're supposed to look like. Yeah. Okay, what does the word model mean? Mo- if you say a model doctor, you're a model, like, student. Model, model citizen. citizen. That means that you're the best at you know, that thing. So if you're a model and you're in magazines, that that means that that's what we're supposed to look like. That's the best. That's the best body you can. But these girls are starving themselves, not eating. All my model friends don't really eat that much. And then they have, like, eating disorders and this and this and this. And then that's what's all over the magazines. So then girls want to look like that. And then girls feel insecure because they can't look like that. So then they'll try to get an eating disorder, too, so they can try to look like that. So I think, I feel like it's all the agencies and the magazines and the media that's, like, everyone's responsibility to try to put out images that are more, like, realistic and attainable. And then it's also, like, the money-making thing, like, the business, like, they want to, you know, like, get better abs on the cover of magazines, get better thighs, 10 steps to do this, because they want to sell their magazine, so they have to make it blah, blah, blah. So it's a whole cycle that I think is so, like, messed up. Awful cycle. Yeah. Um, so I know that Love Your Flaws also kind of snowballed into the giving keys. Mm-hmm. You found a hotel key that was old and you wanted to get it imprinted with Love Your Flaws on it. And it ended up going from one key to thousands. Yeah. So tell us how that came about. Yeah. So so this is my obsession. My new obsession right now is the giving keys. So basically, I was on tour for music, and I was in New York, and, you know, you have hotel keys, and sometimes hotel keys are, are um, like credit Usually cards. they're plastic, yeah. yeah. But this one, it was like a ghetto hotel room, so I had like an old-school, big key, actual key. I thought it was cool, so I put it around my necklace to wear it around because I would always lose it. And then um, Did you steal it from them? Well, <laughs> no. Well, it sounds like it. I did, but I really didn't. They, so I had this one, the first one, but I lost it. So then I went and when I was in New York, so then I went to the front desk and asked for a second one so that I could use it. But then when I got back to L.A., I found the first one again in my in my suitcase. So then I went to – so then I always wore it as my thing. And they had, like, thousands of them. They didn't care. Anyway. But um, so then I went to Locksmith one day, and the person in front of me had um, numbers engraved on their key. And I was like, oh, do you have letters? Can I get Love Your Flaws engraved on there? Because then I wanted to sell it at the merch t- table for – merchandise table for tour. So I was selling, like, their CDs and T-shirts that said Love Your Flaws and bags and blah, blah, blah. So I got the key um, that to – I got the guy to engrave that on there. But then I saw all these other old used discarded keys on the side. I'm like, oh, can you engrave strength, hope, love, faith – Dream, believe, let go, fearless, da 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 da. And I started giving them to my friends for birthdays and then started selling those on tour. And then they would sell out every night. And then I kind of tied it into Love Your Flaws. Like, okay, I want you guys to get a key that reminds you that you're one of a kind, just like these keys. Like, you may feel like these keys. You may feel like old, used, discarded, flawed. But get one that reminds you that you're you're unique. And so, um, and when once you've embraced the word on there, I want to encourage you guys to give it away, pay it forward at some point to somebody that you feel needs the message on the key, and then you go back to the website or at the time, like write me the story of why you gave it away. So all these stories started pouring in, and it was crazy. It was like, 
you know, so-and-so was about to commit suicide, so-and-so has cancer, so I mm-hmm. gave them my key, um, and then that lady in the cancer ward gave her, you know, key to all the other lady, like another lady at the cancer ward, and then, um, or like someone just went through a breakup, so gave them yeah. one and said, let go, or someone lost their job, so blah, blah, blah. So then um, I was like, there's something really, like, special here, so then I made a website, and I knew I wanted the money to go to charity, but I didn't know what, and long story short, I was walking to Hollywood Boulevard one day. I was actually at church by myself, <laughs> and I left like, what else can I do to, like, help people or, like, what is the point? Why am I, like, here, you know? And, like, right then I saw this homeless couple sitting there on Hollywood Boulevard, and they were holding up a sign that said, ugly, hungry, and homeless. So it caught my eye, went up to them, and got their life story, fell in love with them, ended up taking them out to dinner, and I wasn't thinking about the giving keys at all. Um, and then... Two hours into it, I said to the girl, I like your necklace. And she's like, oh, thanks. I like making jewelry. And I was like, this is my aha moment. Oh, my gosh. You're the missing link to the given keys. Do you guys want to be my business partners? And like, <laughs> what? Okay. And then, so, long story short, started, I hired them, and started. they started engraving the keys. Um, so I paid them to engrave the keys. And then, and then little by little, they saved up to stay in a motel. Then little by little, they saved up to get their own apartment. Then little by little, they couldn't keep up with the orders because then we got in, like, Fred Siegel and all these cool swanky stores and, like, Kitson and blah, blah, blah. So now we're in, like, 170-something stores all over the world mm-hmm. and sold thousands and have hired, like, 11 or 12 different people trying to transition out of homelessness and have gotten five of them totally off the street so far just from en- engraving the keys. I think that's such a cool story and yeah, message. I mean, crazy. not only is the Giving Keys helping people that actually receive them, but then also people that are working there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I heard that the the original couple that helped you start it also, like, they got their GED and yeah, like, all this yeah, stuff. Rob, so really, yeah, Rob, he, yeah, he got his GED. He got, like, 98, 99 on it and uh. just started college and um, Sarah... Um, she still works for us part-time and she also works at the San Diego Zoo um, and she's a single mom and so it's Was awesome. there another couple that got engaged? Yeah, there was another couple they met engraving keys on the street and um, through because we, we went through this um, the United Way mm-hmm. and then Path a Transitional Home so they would screen the people for us so we knew that we were hiring people that were genuinely trying to really change their life and everything and then um yeah, so they met engraving the keys and they fell in love and got engaged. Ah, yeah, Jeff and Norma. That's so cute. Um, so I know that teenagers usually go through a very rebellious stage. You self-admittedly had an anti-rebellion stage. Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, my anti-rebellion stage was that because I grew up in L.A. and like Hollywood. Um, my rebellion was like going to youth group, like church. <laughs> so I would literally lie to my parents and say that I was going to parties, but I would really be going to church like, with like youth group church. And, um, and then that's how I kind of grew up singing and was like, you know, playing in all the, the worship bands and choir and this and that. And I would, and my parents would be like, just pretend, just pretend that you're holding a drink when you go to parties. Just at least pretend. I was like, What? Water with lemon in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, whatever. So I was just, like, wanting to just – I always just wanted to, like, I want to change the world. What's the point of this? Like, why is everyone getting drunk? And it would, like, make me cry and everything. Aww. So, yeah, so my rebellion was, like, yeah, doing Love Your Flaws and, like, and doing Giving Keys and just, like, always wanting to 
Because also living in L.A., like, everyone moves here to become famous. So they move here, and they want to be famous, and they get all this money, and then they get miserable. And I've seen that over and over and over. They get all this money and fame, and then they get so messed up. And I'm like, what is the point of all this? So because I saw it so much, I wanted to do the opposite. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've heard so many stories of people who grew up around the industry, surrounded by it, that, you know, they go and they party and they just kind of take advantage of the situation that they're given. So how, like, what led you to be so mature that you shied away from that? Honestly, I went going to youth group because I had all my friends that were there, like, you know, the band Lifehouse? Mm-hmm. They were our youth group band. So, like... That's a pretty cool youth yeah, group band. Yeah, and, like, all the guys were, like, you know really cute and like cool and all the older guys and older girls were like super cool and super into like creative ways to you know make the world a better place etc and it was just cool and like those are my mentors and my peers and so so then when I went to high school I was like these people suck you know not that was mean but you know just it was just like everyone's just kind of I don't know it just was such a contrast of like this is like such these are such quality people like that I feel like I want to be like I guess Mm -hmm. or something yeah I mean that kind of lifestyle just partying and whatever is not very rewarding and I wouldn't I wouldn't normally say people suck I'm not like that but I just said that because I this is a fun high school story one day (laughs) because I started Beverly as a new new girl in my junior year and I didn't know anybody had no friends and um and then and, I, and I'm, like, so not catty girl at all. Like, that's so not my personality. But it was, like, this one group of girls. And I started school one day, and I was like, hey, this is my first day. Like, I don't know anybody. Um, wh- what grade are you in? And this girl goes, why? I was like, uh, just because I want to know. Never mind. And then, like, that week, I had an old New York taxi cab car. That was my car. Like, everyone at Beverly had, like, Mercedes and BMWs and Range Rovers and everything. And I drove an old New York taxi cab. You know those big yellow checkered ones? <sighs> but mine was all white. And um, so, the first week of school, someone bashed in the, into my car in the parking lot and, like, left dents and then put open pads, like, on the windows. And oh I was my like, gosh. And I, like, went and, like, bawled my eyes out. So then that so that's that's why I said what is it earlier? That's awful. But whatever. You would think that like <laughs> at a school, I don't know, I feel like they should be more welcoming, especially oh, yeah, at a school that's no. like Yeah. But whatever. It yeah, happens. That caliber. Caliber. Yeah. It happens. Um were there any other inter- inter- That was the best one. Instances. Yeah. That was that was a good one. That's awful though. Yeah. I can't even imagine. Um so, <laughs> I mean, clearly you've overcome. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> being at Beverly Hills High School, I mean, there were so many people who had aspirations of being in the industry. Was there ever any competition between people there? Um, not really. No, yeah, not really. It actually mm-hmm. wasn't a very entertainment industry-based school. Because really? a lot of the kids came from people that were in the entertainment industry, so everybody was, like, not... They didn't think it was cool. Really? Yeah. Huh. I feel like I, I don't know, I feel like it would be the opposite. Like, if you were in, like, you had parents in the industry, they would, like, either force you to go in that direction yeah. or... No. Not at Beverly. There really wasn't, it wasn't like that at all there. Cool. Um, yeah. So I know you briefly mentioned the pop group that you were in for a little bit, Foxy Nova. Oh, Lord. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I know that that... Um, tested you a little bit with your, you know, values, 
but you also gained some amazing contacts within the industry. You said you yeah. worked with Babyface and yeah. a ton of other talented people. Yeah. What did you learn from that experience? Um, it, I learned to, that I could stand up to people. Like, you know, we worked with the most amazing producers in the world and wrote a million songs with, like, Robin Thicke and worked, I don't know, all these really cool, cool, like, urban people. And yeah. I was, like, you know, a crazy experience, but they always wanted me to sing songs. They always wanted me to be, like, more sexy, and I would just be like, I can't. I don't know how to be sexy. <laughs> because they literally, like, the other girls were really sexy, and they'd, like, like always, like, do whisper parts in songs. Like, yeah, come on. Yeah. And like, so I would try to do it and I'm like, yeah, uh, it feels weird. And then, or like, or like our photo shoots, like the other girls were like, like, like uber sexy. And then I was like, like this. You have to practically wear no clothes while you're doing it anyway. Oh my so. gosh. Oh, I wanted to die. And then I would just literally, and then we, they had like dance moves. I played the guitar and the other girls were like, would like dance. And like, but they're like, Kaylin, come on, be more sexy, be more sexy. And I would like cry. I was like, I'm trying, I don't, I can't. And then, and then like songs, they'd want us to sing songs about like, I would always want to write songs about like changing the world and like, look what I see in the world today or whatever, even when I was in high school. And then they always wanted us to sing songs about like having an affair and like getting drunk and At like 17 or oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah. ridiculous. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's like that one of our label guys came to us, like our A&R guy, and he's like, He's like, okay, I got this hit song. Hit, this is going to be your hit song, guys. And it was like, I see that wedding ring on your finger, and that makes me, like, something. And I was like, no! That's awful. No! And they're like, well, we own you, so you have to, and this is a hit song. And I was like, oh, my gosh, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And I remember I, like, cussed. It was, like, my first time cussing. I'm like, then get another effing girl to be in your effing group, because I won't do it. And, like, bawled my eyes out. So, anyway, so it definitely, <laughs> like, gave me, like, balls. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not afraid of you, even though they're all, like, really scary sometimes. Um, (laughs) So I know that you've said before that uh, when you first started performing, it was very nerve-wracking. So how do you overcome those nerves, or have you not yet? No, I still get so nervous. I'm nervous right now. Just kidding. No, I'm not nervous now. But, like, before any show, like, in front of humans, I get really nervous. (laughs) Why is that? I mean, I heard that you said that you even get nervous when you do karaoke, and you have... Gorgeous yeah. voice. So yeah, it's like, I, I won't do karaoke because it's just like then I have to feel like I have to perform. That's why I like singing some of my songs because because they're so like close to my heart that I can just close my eyes and just like be in my own world and close my eyes. But if you're karaoke, you have to be like like opening your eyes and performing, and I can't do it. It's opening like, your eyes it. to read the words. <laughs> yeah, and pr- try and perform. Like I don't want to have to like dance. I'm really bad at dancing, so I just rather close my eyes and just like be in the moment, and, like feel the words instead of being like. Look at my performance skills. Yeah. Like, I wish I could be like that, but I'm way too nerdy. Much more comfortable just singing in the shower. Yes. <laughs> but I love writing. I do. Yeah, I, I love writing and I love recording. And, and I like performing if it's like, I prefer more like acoustic-y, you know. Soulful. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what your sound is now. Yeah. 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 So I know that also when you do write songs, you don't typically write the the love songs or the yeah. relationshipy breakup songs you try to write songs with like a message or a, yeah. a positive meaning so yeah. how did you get into songwriting um just from getting into that girl group and then writing with babyface like he really taught me how to play guitar and, and write and he, he was always like put, challenging us to come up with something clever that was his favorite word he'd always say like 
okay, we got to, no, no, no. It needs to be, like, something clever, like, you know, no one's heard before. And so that really kind of taught me how to write, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back into acting just a little bit, you have appeared in Seventh Heaven, Malcolm in the Middle, um, on a ton of shows with Fran Dreschler, uh, <laughs> Fast, or what is Fran it? Drescher. Uh, Fran Drescher. Fran <laughs> Drescher, yeah, sorry. Um, and then The Hard Times of R.J. Berger. Yeah. So which do you prefer, acting or singing? Definitely singing. The Hard Times of R.J. Berger was fun. It was a show on MTV last year, I think, and... So I did a season of that, and I got and I played RJ's girlfriend, and I had to make my hair like dark brown, and wore glasses, and camo jacket, and had my own punk band on the show, <laughs> and we were really horrible, like on purpose. It was it was funny, uh, but that was fun. Like it was fun to pretend that I was in high school mm-hmm. and dating a fifteen year old. <laughs> made me feel really good. I'm like, okay, I guess my facial cream is working because I'm dating a fifteen year old right now on TV, <laughs> and it was awesome. So that that was fun, but I prefer. Um, I prefer writing in the music world. Yeah. And you've taken time off of acting before. I know you said that you're yeah. kind of like shying away from it right now. Yeah. Would you ever go back to it? Or? Oh, yeah. I'm totally open. I just don't want to live the lifestyle of like going on auditions every day and trying to be like, pick me, pick me, pick me. Oh, no, no. Okay. Because there's like hundreds of other girls trying out. It's just like, ugh, I've done that for so long. And it's not worth it to like work every now and then and then audition all the time. But I'm totally open to still do it. Yeah. It's just I'm... I I like music more because it's like when you go in and you play a song, it's like I wrote this song and you're presenting like your like everything. It's just more creative. When you go on auditions, it's just like reading words of on a paper and it's like next, next, next. And I was like, Ugh. it's not as meaningful. No. Yeah. So um, we talked about a little bit about writing songs and how you like to write songs about body issues and just real issues that are going on in the mm-hmm. world. Um, I know on your new EP, you have several songs. One of them is Constellation Prize, which I know is very personal. Yeah. Um, I love the message in it, though, just because like, I've been through relationships where exes make you feel not that great. Yeah. Um, but was this, like, writing songs, do you find it more therapeutic, or is it hard to, you know, go through this and revisit those feelings? Um no, it's not hard. It was like when I wrote Consolation Prize, I was going through a breakup. No, I was with my boyfriend when I wrote the song, my ex-boyfriend. And um and when I wrote the bridge, that's what made me realize that we needed to break up cuz I got my mojo back, you know. So like the whole song is like meh, 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 I feel like crap. And then the end was like, "Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't need to take this anymore." Da-da-da-da-da. And then it helped me like realize that I needed to break up with him. And then when we broke up, I read him the words to the song, and that's how we broke up. Wow. Yeah. So that's I think intense. I like writing stuff like that that I know people can relate to. And yeah. But like it's defi- definitely relatable. I feel like so many people go through that, especially girls. Yeah. So yeah. it helps out people, too. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so, actually, um, I mean, dating in L.A. is so difficult. Yeah. Like, what is advice that you have for young girls? Um, well, not just in LA, I guess. I always, I feel like there's a lot of cute boys at church that are good boys. And I just met, um, my current boyfriend there. And I don't know. I mean, I don't want, sometimes when you go out to like bars or clubs, like guys are just like, 
not I don't know it's like you're not gonna meet a quality guy at a club yeah so I think like either mutual friends you know like and and my boyfriend now also we had a bunch of the same friends Mm -hmm. and it's like no wonder that our personalities get along so so well because our sense of humor is work so well because he's best friends with all my best friends so that it just it works I think like mutual friends and just um yeah like places like groups whether it be like you know like for me, that that's important to me. Like I wanted someone who, who likes church and stuff. So like there's like stuff like that. That's yeah. where I. Was going and the friends are also great references because yeah. you know their character already and whatever yeah. else. Yeah. Totally. Um, I so do my background checks. <laughs> triplicate, like yes, have yes. them fill out the forms and yes. everything. Um, so just going back to the giving keys real quick. Um, I know that that. I mean, it skyrocketed from, as we mentioned, being one key and just snowballed into thousands. Um, It also got a lot of people in the industry talking about it. Um, One of my friends came in to After Buzz wearing one of the necklaces a year ago. That's how I heard about it. Oh, cool. But did you originally, when you started it, think that it would become that big? Um, I don't know. I just always was... I don't know. I didn't really think about it. I just was like hustling, hustling, hustling. Yeah. With it. Yeah. Cool. Um, so moving forward, what do you hope to accomplish in your life and career? Um, I want to, what I want to accomplish, um, I, I want to grow the give, Giving Keys into like a, a brand, not just jewelry, but um, apparel and shirts and and clothes and and I have a bunch of ideas with that that I'm I'm excited about. I'm um, just keeping like hiring more people that are trying to get off the street and and partnering up with other charities. Like I love doing that, and so I want to keep doing that. Like we're doing this thing this summer where we're partnering up with this other company called Thirty One Bits, and they employ women in in um, Uganda, I think, um, to make these like paper bead cool necklaces. So and so we're gonna have the keys at the bottom made by our guys in downtown LA, mm-hmm. and then the the turquoise beads from these women in. Africa, you know, and I love That's like so cool. that doing that kind of stuff, and um, yeah, so just that that kind of stuff mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard your music, and we're going to hear an acoustic performance in a minute. Um, but I know your your music is very unique and very soulful. But is there anyone's career that you hope to emulate in that regard? That's a good question. Um, I love um, I love Adele. I think she's awesome and like quality and not like I don't know she just she just seems like I like that people respect her and and she just she just seems like a badass she pours her heart and soul into her yeah. music she's amazing yeah yeah I think she's my favorite right now who are your some of your inspirations um I mean mostly her right now I mean I love Mumford and Sons mm-hmm. they're my favorite band um i love switchfoot john foreman like the way he writes i think is that's also my favorite um and he always was at charity events and all that kind of stuff like have you heard of to write love on her arms yeah um so they he they had like a few tours um and it was like all about suicide prevention and they had like christina perry sing and Mm -hmm. john foreman switchfoot and all these really cool bands so stuff like that like i love artists that get behind causes and like are singing for for yeah for trying to make a change yeah yeah um so i think we should get into 
the acoustic performance True, if we can. We're going to tune up a little bit. <laughs> Should I sit, sit here? Yeah, if you sit there, that's good. And then the mic will pick up the, the guitar. Cool. <laughs> your mic. Oh, you're going to be trapped. Oh, are we here. switching side? No, no, you're oh. still going to stay here with this now because your mic. Oh, Cool. Kathy's gone silent on me. Oh, Radio sorry. Silent, <laughs> I'm excited to hear the song, so hey. I'm just waiting. So, which song are you gonna play? So, this song is called "Save That Pillow." Okay. And I wrote it about. Um, I, I want girls to hear this song, and I want them to think, "I never want to be that girl. I never want to be that that girl in that song." Yeah. And. Um, and even guys, if they hear it, I don't want them. I think it will make them like, ooh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. guy. So um, it's it's a little graphic, and it's just describing a girl giving it up too easily for a guy that doesn't really care about them. Okay. And this is also the the title of the your title track of EP. the EP, which just came out last week on iTunes. Cool. So this is, yeah, you guys are kind of the first to hear it. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Lights down, feet wet He tells you all the words So you feel fit Sparks fly But just in your head You think you're what he wants So you let him into your bed Never shows and he will never remember and he will never call also oh, get down to the bottom of why giving yourself away and save that pillow for someone who will love you the right This fine disease To get as many women On their knees And he will never remember And he will never call Also get down to the bottom of why Who will love 
miles and miles and miles away So don't you call that love you made Memories of him will fade And I know you got it in you Cause you got the right stuff, baby You got the right stuff, darling And he didn't know the first thing about you Shameless plug time. Where can people find your new EP? It just came out last week, so you can get it at um, iTunes. It's called Save That Pillow. We have six songs, and um, they're all com- like, totally different all over the place, which I love. And you can um, check out lo- um, loveyourflaws.com with all the girls' body images stuff and see all those cool pictures and blogs. And then the giving keys, so you can get your own custom-made key. You can rings, bracelets, earrings, necklaces, cell phone cases. You can get any word you want engraved on a key. Um, get them for your friends as well. Get, yeah, they're like the best gifts of all time. <laughs> and um, caitlincrosby.com for any other good info. Cool. And, and then um, can people find you on Twitter as well? Yeah, Twitter at Caitlin Crosby. I'm like an Instagram whore. I love Instagram. <laughs> Take pictures of my pimples and ingrown hairs. And so people love to follow you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll make you feel good about yourself at Caitlin Crosby. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you so much for that acoustic performance. It was gorgeous. Thank you. So pretty. Um, So, yeah, definitely check out all of her music on iTunes. Check out The Giving Keys, Love Your Flaws, everything else. You can subscribe to AfterBuzz on iTunes. Just type in AfterBuzz TV when you open up your iTunes box. You can find Chatting with Kathy as well as 60 other shows that we do here a week. So until next time, I'm Kathy Kelly. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.